<laughs> oh my god, the whole time I was writing this episode, I kept thinking about uh, that scene from Rick and Morty from season two, where Morty tells off Summer. Oh, fucking glorious. Hey y'all, this is Vera Payam, your resident kinky wild one. I am back with episode 11 of this podcast, which I believe we have agreed to rename The Vera Payam Show. So welcome back. This is episode 11 and it's called Owning Your Shit. <laughs> uh, I really, I obviously, clearly I couldn't like use a clip from the show for copyright issues, but I really wish that I could have used that clip to open this episode because I really like it. I like it because it really drives home the point that we as Americans really have no fucking idea what it means to get our shit together. <laughs> Put it in a fucking shit museum. <laughs> I'm dying. I'm dying. <laughs> um, and I think it's also showing up with this trend of, you know, kind of like calling people out, right? Um, calling people out on their bullshit, their lies, their misbehavior, whatever, you know? Um, I mean, clearly, like, this is an important topic. I even made an episode about it. Um, and as someone concerned with ethics, you know, I'm, I'm obviously a big proponent of accountability and responsibility. Um, and that means owning up to your poor behavior, acknowledging it, and committing to a plan of correcting it, and then actually following through with that plan, right? Um, you know, however, I think that, like, calling out People is a good example of, you know, concept that's, that's gotten like misinterpreted, co-opted, and then like overused and, you know, and thus lost pretty much all of its original like meaning and value. And sadly, this is the reality for almost any philosophical concept, unfortunate enough to become popular. <laughs> um, yes, when... It's important. When people are being out of line, it's important that they be made aware of it. Um, but what exactly is the best way to do that, right? What does that look like? And so um, I felt like this was an important episode to make because, you know, right now we hear a lot of talk about, you know, taking personal responsibility and, you know, owning your shit. But what does that mean, right? What, what does that look like in real terms? And why is it important? Why is it important that we go through this process, right? Um, so clearly the specifics are going to be different for everybody, but uh, what better place to start than I'll show you what the process looks like for me right now. So currently I live with a really good friend of mine. Uh, we met a few years ago back in California and we used to work at the same coffee shop. And so at the shop, you know, I was always like the loud, energetic one, you know, always trying to give people, you know, good, fast service, you know, while, while getting them through the line, recognizing that, you know, we have a job to do, right? And my friend, on the other hand, you know, he's, he's more soft-spoken, you know, he's more meticulous. He would spend more time with each guest um, and was a lot more thoughtful in his, his actions. And so I remember, like, during the morning rush, like, working with him would drive me fucking crazy. It would drive me, like, up the wall because he would move, like, at the same speed as if we only had one customer. And it would just drive me nuts. Like, you know, I'd be like, dude, nobody cares if you line up the sleeve at the front of the fucking cup. Just put the lid on it and give it to them and get them out the door. Like, give them their fucking coffee. <laughs> and... I just, I didn't understand, you know, why he always, like, felt the need to, like, take his time, you know? I just, I didn't understand why he couldn't just fucking move faster, right? <laughs> um, frankly, I didn't understand him. 
but I respected how he was, you know, how he operated it. That was just what worked for him. You know, that was what kept him sane. And that was just, that was my friend. Right. And so we were also flatmates back then too. Um, we were housemates. We had other housemates uh, in this big old house that we lived in. And even at home, he was the same way at home too. You know, he would take his time cooking and setting up his plate and making sure everything was nice and tidy, you know? And so we lived together for a little bit and then he eventually moved up to Washington and started working on a farm. And so a few years later, he ended up giving me a call to see if I wanted to come up and be housemates again and work on the same farm. And so of course I did. And, um, and though we'd lived together before, this time was different. Um, for me anyway, I was different. Um, you know, this time around, like I wasn't pressed between work and school commitments, you know, I wasn't like stressing out about how I was going to pay the rent, you know, or trying to rush home before the traffic got really bad. Um, you know, this time was totally different. We lived in this little tiny farm town and the speed limit was like 25 miles an hour. And on a daily basis, I saw more cows and chickens than I did people. Um, and all of a sudden... I was the one that was out of place. You know, I was the one buzzing around and, you know, kind of relentless and like restless and just out of step with everything around me, right? Suddenly I was the one that was out of sync. Um, and so, you know, it was already challenging kind of trying to learn how to slow down and be more mindful. Um, but then that year I also experienced, um, you know, a series of some personal tragedies that, um, you know, that not only like broke my heart, but really fucked up my head, you know, and it really forced me to reevaluate um, the way I'd been making my decisions and the, the way I'd been managing accountability in my space. Um, and, um, you know, though, I mean, obviously, clearly, like I was accustomed to living with a certain degree of stress, you know, working full time, living in LA, you know, like, but after, you know, after um, all those things happened, I just, I finally had to admit, like, I can't keep moving at this pace. That the pace I was going at was just, it was not manageable anymore. You know, I had to acknowledge that I was hurting. You know, my heart was broken and, you know, I, I needed to slow down. You know, I needed to slow down. And suddenly, you know, like, being in my own pain, I finally... I had a better idea of why my friend moved so slowly, why he moved the way that he did, and why he did the things that he did. Um, you know, yeah, of course, it was because, you know, number one, it was because he was kind, right? He's a kind person. Um, and two, it's because he was hurting, right? He's hurting. He, he just couldn't move faster than that. And suddenly, you know, it, it dawned on me, like, I realized that when I was, you know, picking at him at work and trying to get him to move faster and be more efficient, you know, like, I, wa I wasn't helping him. I was hurting him. And, you know, and at the time, you know, like, I just, I didn't understand why kindness was so important. I never really understood, you know, why it was so important, you know, like, I mean, I mean, I understood why being kind was important, but I never understood why being nice was important, right? And it wasn't until... I was in pain and I needed that kindness, that, that niceness, that suddenly I realized why it's so important. Um, and if that sounds selfish and shitty, that's because it is. Yeah, it is shitty 
to, um, you know, to not be able to see or appreciate somebody until you have to go through something difficult to be like, oh, dang, wow, that person's perspective matters. Um, you know, but sometimes, you know, sometimes that's the way it happens. Um, fortunately for me, though, um, you know, this little tiny town that we moved to, being nice was pretty much their motto. So uh, in that way, you know, um, I, you know, I, while I was getting the comfort that I definitely needed during this kind of vulnerable period, um, it made me very, very aware of all of the ways in which I had failed to do this for other people. It made me really aware of all of the ways that I wasn't, because I didn't expect kindness, I wasn't prepared to give it either. Um, and this includes, you know, especially to people close to me, like my friend, you know? Um, for me, I've, I've always been, you know, an advocate of tough love, you know, cause that's what I've always kind of had to have for myself. You know, I was raised by my dad. Um, when I was six, um, my parents got divorced and my parents, they decided to let me choose which parent I was going to live with. And, you know, uh, I originally had gone with my mom. She was on drugs. She didn't have stable living. She didn't have a place for me. Um, and so at the last minute, I decided I probably should stay with my dad, right? Who had a stable job and all my stuff was there, you know? Um, but I'd already told my mom I was going with her. And so it was like the day that my mom was going to come pick me up. And I'm six years old and I told my dad, you know, I don't think I want to go. I don't think this is a good idea. And he was like, well, he's like, you have to tell her. He's like, she's, you know, she's going to be mad. And I was like, yeah, I know. He's like, do you think that you can do that? Like, you know, um, you know, he's like, I'll support you. He's like, whatever decision you make, I will support you. He's like, if you think that's what you really want to do, then let me know and I'll support you, okay? And I was like, yeah, I think I need to stay here. And he was like, okay. And so I remember we walked out on the steps and, you know, my mom showed up and she's like, all right, get your stuff, let's go, you know? And I was like, uh, yeah, I'm not going and she says, excuse me? And I said, no, I'm not going. I'm going to stay here. You know, I'm going I'm to stay here. I'm going to stay here with dad. And she got fucking pissed. Like, she starts flipping out. She starts yelling at my dad. What the fuck did you do to her? She was about ready to fucking go. What'd you do to her? You said something. You did something to her. She grabs me by the arm. She's like, get over here. Let's go. You're going. And I just was like, no. I'm not fucking going. I'm not going. No. Leave me alone. You can't fucking make me. I'm staying here. I'm not going anywhere. My mom still tried to keep yelling, but then at that point, my dad was just like, dude, she made her decision. We said that we were never going to make her do something she didn't want to do. She made her decision. And... And that was the moment that I learned that I didn't have to do anything that I didn't want to fucking do. Um, and, you know, that was also the moment I learned that sometimes facts about life just suck. Some people just don't have good parents, you know. Um, I was lucky in that I had one good parent, you know, but my other one just, she wasn't capable of being a parent, you know. 
Um, and so I also learned from a very early age that sometimes things suck and you have to just fucking move on. There's nothing that you can fucking do about it. Um, and so it was funny, I remember, you know, people would ask me constantly as I was growing up, obviously this happened when I was six, I'm talking about through junior high, as a teenager, in high school, people would be like, oh my god, are you okay? That's so sad. And I'd be like, bitch, what you want me to do? Cry for fucking 20 years about it? Like, what the fuck? You know, like, it just was like, no, you just move the fuck on. Um, and I just learned to just move through pain. That's what you do. That is life, you know? And so I was resilient. But I wasn't fucking kind. Sometimes I was, I was ethical. I was definitely about justice. I was definitely about doing the right thing. But, and so for the most part, I understood kindness, but I definitely was not nice. That's when I was not, is I was not nice. And I didn't understand this concept of nice. I didn't understand tone either. Like when people would say tone deaf, I didn't understand what that meant, you know? Um, I just knew as a kid, I would kind of ruffle people's feathers, you know? People either like, you know, were like, oh, cool. Or they just really didn't like me and I didn't really get it, you know? And, you know, my, my papa, he would be like, mija, mija, you know, be, be nice, be nice, you know? Like, don't be so mean, you're so angry, you know? And I just didn't get it. I'd be like, I didn't know what he, I didn't know what he was talking about. I'd be like, what the fuck you mean? Be like, I'm not fucking mean. Like, you don't see me out there trying to scam people or hurt people. I would never hurt somebody. Like, I'm fucking nice. What the fuck? Like, I just, I really, uh, you know, I didn't get it. Like, even, even with my closest partners, um, even my closest partner who I lived with for six years, we shared the same fucking room for six years. Um, you know, it took a lot of work before I would even let him in. Um, and... You know, even though I was the one that obviously, you know, I mean, we both brought a lot of junk into the relationship, but I mean, clearly I was coming into this relationship with a lot of junk and I wasn't nice about it either. Um, yeah, I just, I, you know, I, I didn't get it. I didn't understand why it was important. Um, and I guess to say nurturing is not my strong suit would be an understatement. <laughs> um, and, you know, while I, while I'm, I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking about all of the ways that I failed to give kindness to people, I had to think about that because, you know, that's my best friend, right? Even, um, and, you know, somebody I say is my best friend. And then I had to start thinking about all the ways that maybe I wasn't so kind to him in our relationship. Um, and, or, or the ways that maybe not even being kind, but also like withholding kindness, right? that 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 hurts people right even if you're not actively being mean to them that withholding kindness can also be a cruel thing to do to a person and that was something that never really occurred to me um um I don't know. So one of my bad habits that um, I've, I've worked really hard on this to like, you know, it's definitely not as bad as it used to be, but um, it was really bad when I was with my partner. Um, I do what's called stonewalling. If you've never heard of that, it means that, um, you know, whenever I get really like upset or like super anxious or like angry or frustrated or intense or like I'm just, I'm just, I'm overwhelmed. When I get overwhelmed, I just disengage 
I just put up a wall and I'm present, but I'm just not there. I'm just in my head thinking about whatever I want, anything that's just not fucking here. I'm just done. Checked out. Um, you know, and, um, and I would do this frequently and I would do this for hours, hours. Um, and you know, in my perspective, I was like, well, you know, I'm not fucking happy. I don't want to say something I'm going to fucking regret. So I'm just, I'm just not going to say anything. And, um, um, and so my partner worked really, um, my partner worked really hard on with me on that like um and it's interesting you know the whole time you know and so little by little like I did it less and less or I would do it for shorter and shorter periods of time you know um but you know over the course of the six years that we were together like um you know I never really thought about what you know what he did when I was on the other side of that wall you know I just um I never really thought about what life was like for him like one minute he had, you know, a healthy, like communicative relationship. And the next minute he was basically single. Um, one minute he had a partner, the next minute he didn't. Um, and, um, you know, and he'd be real patient. He would just, you know, tap on my wall, you know, and like, you know, um, for hours waiting for me to come back, you know, um, and I would just sit there, like, just, I, just, I couldn't move, I just, I, um, it's like I can think, but I, I can't move, I can't speak, I can't, I just can't, it's like everything is terrifying, you know, I just can't, you know, um, um, you know, and <laughs> um, and it never really occurred to me, and it's weird, and this whole time, like, it never really occurred to me that, like, maybe this might bother him. <laughs> and if that sounds like a shitty and selfish thing to say, uh, that's because it is. Yeah. Um... And actually, um, um, the only reason that I even thought about it, right, the only reason that it was even a blip on my radar was because um, he fucking blew up on me last summer. I went to go visit him and, um, and we were talking about, like, you know, interviewing him for the podcast. And while we're talking about it, we got into this huge fucking argument, like huge argument. And he finally just looked at me point blank and he goes, you know, when you would do that shit, he's like, do you remember what I was doing? Do you, do you know what that did to me? Like, do you remember? And I was like, yeah, I was like a deer in the headlights. I was like, and he goes, I'm asking you. He's like, I understand that you were disengaged from the world, but the world kept moving while you were frozen. Now he's like, I was there physically. You were there. You saw me. What did you see? What was I doing? Was I happy about it? Did you ever think about it? 
and I knew that I hadn't. Um, I hadn't. But, um, you know, he's looking and he goes, think about it. Uh, and, you know, and I started thinking about it. Um, all the times I would just sit there like frozen on the bed. Um, it started to come back to me. I remember he, you know, sometimes he'd crying, like, you know, like begging me, like, please, where'd you go? Come back, you know? Like, what, what happened to you? What what did I say? What did I do? What's, I, I don't understand. What, what, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? Like, are you okay? I, you know... Um, he would pace, he would, you know, like, you know, he would look at me, pleading with me, begging me to come back. Sometimes he'd get angry, sometimes he'd be yelling at me, like, just frustrated, you know, like, I mean, just literally begging me to just say something, to just look at him. Um, and, uh, um, and we did end up actually recording some stuff for the podcast, and I never posted it, not not because there wasn't anything there, but because I wasn't ready to listen to what was on that tape. I still haven't listened to that tape yet. I still haven't listened to it. I'm pretty sure I know what's on it, but I haven't quite, I haven't brought myself to, like, listen to it yet. Um, owning your shit means acknowledging all of the times when you didn't. It means acknowledging all of the times where because we failed to live up to our responsibility or because we failed to take action that somebody else had to clean up our shit for us. That's that, that, because, that because we failed to fulfill our responsibility, somebody else had to take on an extra burden. It means acknowledging all the ways in which we avoid taking responsibility, intentionally or unintentionally. And acknowledging who bears the responsibility of that burden when we don't do what we're supposed to do. And, you know, it's this process, you know, when I talk about this stuff, like, you know, it's not about feeling like bad or guilty or shameful you know, like I don't, you know, I am definite, you know, it's about, it's about being honest, right? It's about being honest and it's about having enough integrity to say, you know what? I did that. I'm not proud of it, but I did that. And it's about having enough dignity to acknowledge. And yeah, you know what? I can do better. Than that I can do better I'm not a nurturing person I'm not good at being nurturing um, and I'm not and I'm not always the nicest person um, and acknowledging that you know that it also has adverse effects on my life too right it affects all my relationships not just my my close personal relationships but even my chatterbait shows like, I've had fans and supporters of my show, you know, um, like, come in, have a great time, everything's fucking awesome, and then they leave because I say something rude, 
right? Or maybe I, you know, uh, oh, nah, nah, you know, and I and I'm a little too sharp with them, and I maybe like shut them down in a way that's not necessary, um, you know. And I'm sure most of the things that I say, I'm sure I can find justification for them, you know. Or maybe I didn't even notice when I was doing it, you know. Like sometimes I'm just a little bitch by habit, you know. But that's on me, right? I decide how to behave and what my priorities are. And I decide if my, if I, I decide if, you know, it's a priority of mine to have a bad attitude over other people's comfort and maybe even, you know, safety or happiness, right? I decide what my priorities are. Um, and, and as of right now, that's a fact about me, right? I'm rude. You know, um, and, you know, and I'm giving myself credit, like, you know, I may be honest and I'm speaking the truth and, you know, and all of that, but, um, you know, but it doesn't change the fact that, you know, I, I'm rude. I can be rude, you know, and, um, and is it necessary, right? Is it necessary to, um, you know, how would it change my message to change, um, you know, my delivery, right? Or to be more cognizant of people's feelings in that way. Um, like clearly I have a right to express myself how I see fit, but you know what? Other people also got a choice to not be around my mean ass and, you know, and if they make that choice, then that's on me. Um, and so, so once we acknowledge these things, knowing this about myself, right? The next question is what kind of person do I want to be? Um, and if I decide that maybe I don't want to be the person that I currently am, what kind of changes do I need to make to become the person that I want to be? The person that I think I deserve to be. And I believe that we all have opportunities to make better choices every day. Um, but, you know, a lot of times, and I know this for me, this is how I feel, you know, like I... I've become, I get so accustomed to just coping and, you know, maladapting around my bad habits, right? And like working around my shit that I forget that I have a choice, right? That uh, I can just take it out. That doesn't have to be there. Um, and I forget that I can change. That I have a choice and that I can change. And coming back to our, you know, to calling people out, I think that that this is the value of calling people in, right? Calling them back in to their integrity, calling them back in to their humanity, um, and giving people that choice. Like, hey, you don't have to be this way. Is this who you want to? Is this who you want to be? Is this who you want to be? Just take a moment to think about that before your next action or before the next words come out of your mouth and just ask. Because um, personally, you know, I don't, I don't think it's my place to tell people who they should be, you know. Um, but I do believe that as a society, um, we have a responsibility to hold each other accountable, right? Um, to hold each other accountable to say the things that we mean, to stand behind the words that come out of our mouth and to do the things that we say. And we have a responsibility to demand the same from the people in our world. Um, so, uh, yeah, I wanted to share. 
um, this story with you, right? Because you know what? Sometimes integrity is not easy. And a lot of times, um, you know, making a decision with integrity is um, it's not always an easy decision. Um, so I have, uh, I have a couple friends of mine that I absolutely, I, I love and I respect these people. You know, they are, they are friends of mine. I can't say enough wonderful things about them. Um, I've shared some of my most transformative life experiences with them, um, you know, in their, in their beautiful home, tucked away, um, you know, in the, in the wilderness. We've shared lots of memories and love together, and we've learned about a lot about passion and life and integrity together. Um, you know, they're artists, writers, super progressive. Um, um, you know, I adore these people, right? Um, and I'll never forget this one time uh, me and my partner went to hang out with them. Um, you know, usually we hang out like on the weekends. It's like, you know, fun party time. And so we thought, oh, let's hang out in the daytime. You know, let's get some coffee, right? Um, and so we're all hanging out in the living room, you know, and we're chatting. You know, we've all got progressive values. We start talking about politics and education. Um, and so in California, um, local education is funded by uh, local property tax, which means what this translates to is that wealthier neighborhoods get better funded public schools and poorer neighborhoods with lower property values get much, much lower, less funding for their schools and, and all of that, which as you can see, leads to you know systemic issues for these communities. And so both of my friends, you know, they're, you know, they're white and they grew up in suburban neighborhoods with decent schools, um, which neither of my, neither me nor my, my partner had any of those luxuries. And so now my friends have had far from perfect lives, but clearly they've, they have a lot more privilege than me and, and my partner at that time. Um, and so I don't remember exactly how the conversation went, but as you can imagine, it got pretty heated pretty fast. <laughs> um, and my friends are libertarians and they just didn't understand why this was a problem, you know? Like my money should go to my neighborhood, like fuck everybody else, right? But they didn't wanna say that. And so even though it was clear we didn't agree politically, you know, I kept pressing my friend about her values. And I finally like, I looked at her dead in the face and I was like, look, I says, you happen to have been born in a location with good homes and good schools. What if you'd been born somewhere else? What if you had been born not white? Do you think you'd still have the same opinion? Do you think you'd still believe the same things that you believe right now if you were born, if you were different? And she just looked at me like during the headlights, like, and she like, she kind of like looked away, you know, like she really had to like think about it, you know? Um, but I kept pressing her and I said, what about people who aren't born in good areas? Like me, like my partner, like us, what do you, like, what do you have to say to us? Like, what do you have to say to people like us who didn't have, who don't get the same privileges that people like you would get? What do you have to say to me? Right here, what would you say to me? I'm your friend, right here. What do you, what would you say to me? And she just, the whole time she's just like shaking her head and her face is getting red, you know, like, and she just finally, you know, she just finally blurts out. She's like, well, too fucking bad then. You know what? Too fucking bad. That sucks for you then. She's like, you know what? She's like, I had a fucking awful childhood growing up and whatever privilege I had, I fucking need it. Okay? I deserve it. Maybe I didn't earn it, you know, or whatever, but I've been through a lot. Maybe that makes me a bad person, but that's how I feel. Whatever privilege I have, I fucking need and I'm not giving up.
Me and my partner politely excused ourselves after that. <laughs> um, with the unspoken agreement that we would probably never talk about politics again in the future. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, I'll say like from that moment on, like, um, I, I did and I still do have a great deal of respect for my friend. And, you know, she's still my friend, you know? Um, not because I respect her position by any means, but because I respect her integrity. Uh, even though it took a lot of pressure, you know, to get her there, like, um, it took a lot of courage for her to come out and say that. You know, for her to come out and say, like, I'm not proud of it, but you know what? Fuck it. This is how I feel. This is what I think. And that, I respect. You know, I respect that. She, she had the, you know, she had enough respect for me to be honest with me. Right? She wasn't going to lie to me. And honestly, you know, I wish more people had the courage to be honest about what their values really are, right? Not the values they wish they had, but the ones they actually use to make decisions with. Like, you know, like, you know, if you, even if you believe that you and your group are better than other people, or you believe that you, be, that you deserve to be treated better for whatever reason, right? Or maybe, you know, you think it's okay to make a, a, a living deceiving and manipulating people, um, or maybe, maybe you just know you won the birth lotto and you know that you have undeserved privilege and you're afraid to, to lose that status, right? Whatever it is, just fucking own it. Just fucking own it. Because when we don't own it, those things own us. Like, this has nothing to do with politics, right? Like, again, you know, this has nothing to do with politics. This has everything to do with authenticity, you can't be fake and be a quality person. It just doesn't work that way. And so, you know, the problem for me isn't that people want to believe this, that, or the other, you know. The problem is when people are too cowardly to own and stand behind those beliefs. to come out and actually say, this is what I believe, and own the consequences of having those beliefs. No. But instead, you know, people would rather lie, right? They'd rather lie to themselves and to everyone else around them, right? People would rather, you know, people would rather make these, and the lies get so elaborate. They get so elaborate, it like boggles my mind. Like the kinds of self-deception you have to do to be able to justify some of these unethical things. Like people would rather argue that cultural appropriation doesn't exist rather than examine their own role in perpetuating American colonialism and American exceptionalism. People would rather argue that racism doesn't exist rather than examine their own privilege and their own discomfort around issues of race and ethnicity. Like, people would rather argue that men are the problem, or feminists are the problem, rather than looking at their own tangled relationships with power and authority. <laughs> like, it's not a secret that being a Nazi is bad, you know? That's why people don't want to be called Nazis anymore, right? They want to be called alt-right. 
And you know what the alternative to right is? It's wrong. It's wrong and we know it's wrong. But people do this because they have beliefs that they know are not acceptable. Because they have habits that they know need to be changed. But it's hard. We're scared. There's a billion reasons why we don't want to do it, you know? But bottom line is people don't want to acknowledge their beliefs and their problems because then they know that they have a responsibility to do something about it. When we choose to lie to ourselves and to other people, we are passing the burden of responsibility to somebody else. We're saying, I'm not going to handle this, so you know what? It's your responsibility to not look at it. But you're going to have to, but guess what? Your neighbors are still going to see it and they're still going to smell it. And you're not fooling anyone. And again, this isn't about politics. You know, we're not talking about politics. This is about a symptom of a deeper philosophical problem. That people want to be able to have values that allow them to lie, cheat, steal, oppress other people, but yet they still want to be able to say they're good people. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. And again, I don't think it's my place to tell people how they should be. However, I will hold people to the things that they say. And if your actions don't match your words, then I'm going to question you relentlessly about it. And my goal isn't to, my goal isn't to change anyone. It's to hold up a mirror and to give people the opportunity to change themselves, to make a better choice, if that's something that they want to do. Because we can't change what we can't see. And so my goal isn't to like call people out. I think that, you know, I think it's important that we call people in. That we call people back in to their integrity and back into their humanity. Um, because they've forgotten right? They've forgotten why we're at the top of the food chain, or supposed to be anyway, right? Or why we're supposed to be better than, than animals, right? Um, they've forgotten that we have free will. They've forgotten that we have consciousness. They've forgotten that we have a choice to be better and to do better. And I think sometimes, you know, we all need that reminder, you know? I think sometimes we all need that reminder. We need somebody to tell us, you know what, you're better than that. We're all better than that. We can do better. That is, if we want to. You know, is it difficult? Like, does it require a lot of conscious effort? Um, is it scary and embarrassing to admit that I'm mean and I've been fucked up to like some of the some of the closest people to me, like people who are close to me and really cared for me? Like, is that fucking scary and hard? Like, fuck yeah, it is, right? Like, no, nah, I don't like fucking doing it. Like, I'm not fucking happy about it. I'm not proud of that, you know. Um, but the alternative is to ignore it. 
Ten's not there, right? Be defensive whenever somebody brings it up, stuff it down, make justifications, and just keep being that fucking person. Dude, fuck that. And keep hurting people, fuck that. Like, as hard as it is, you know, to acknowledge these things about myself. And there's plenty of other things, too, that I ain't even gonna, I ain't even getting into this, this podcast, you know? Like, but as hard as that is, like, I know that my friends, my family, my fans, my supporters, they deserve better. You deserve better. I deserve better. And I can do better. I can do better than that. And I know, you know, another reason it's really hard to admit our faults is that, like, I mean, in comparison, compared to some of the shit that other people are dealing with, mine might be like a drop in the bucket, you know? Like, um, because, you know, oftentimes society punishes people with faults, right? Um, society punishes people who are at fault. And so, you know, this definitely creates, like, uh, doesn't make it that much doesn't encourage people to want to acknowledge their faults right or maybe people are afraid of being judged or having their pasts used against them you know i get it like those are real things um but at the end of the day you know um we every day we have a choice at the end of the day in the middle of the day before we go to bed all throughout the day we are constantly making choices and we can make choices to, to take responsibility and to own our shit. Or we can make choices to just spend our whole lives running from those things, right? And, you know, I think, I think, you know, both our decisions and our mistakes, those are ultimately our own to make, right? Everybody's decisions and mistakes are their own to make. Um, but only insofar as they're conscious decisions. You know, when we deflect or we, you know, we d get defensive or we defer our portion of responsibility, we're not acting consciously. We're responding to like a perceived threat, you know, to something that's making us uncomfortable. And that's not a choice, that's a reflex, right? That's a reflex. Um, Exercising our free will consciously, it's not mandatory, right? We can just go around like ping pong balls and a bloop, 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 you know? Um, no one can make you believe or acknowledge anything about yourself that you don't want to. Um, and a lot of people, you know, and it's perfectly, you know, it is perfectly possible. A lot of people live their whole lives fucking living in a van, down by the river, denial. And... But that's not really, to me, that's not a choice. That's a life created from not making choices, right? That's a series of choices not made, opportunities not taken, right? Um, choices to stay stagnant. Um, no, making a, really making a choice. Making a choice is a conscious process because we have to be able to recognize that we do in fact have choices to choose from, that being ethical is a conscious process and it requires making complicated decisions. However, refusing to think about things that are uncomfortable, that doesn't free us from responsibility. 
people who claim ignorance as an excuse. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, I didn't know. You're right. Like they're failing to acknowledge all of the choices they made to avoid, avoid difficult self-examination, right? To actively avoid thinking about their problems, avoid self-reflection, and all the choices they made to do nothing about them. Doing nothing is a choice. For me personally, um, you know, what to do about all, all the stuff that I talked about, right? For me personally, um, my motivation to, to do better, to make things right, comes from, um, it's, for me, it's a question of identity. Who do I want to be as a person? How rude is, how rude am I, right? How important is it for me to be rude? as a person, um, and what kind of life do I want to have? And so these are questions that clearly, I mean, I don't have any answers to right now. These are questions I have to explore and I have to think about um, with the understanding that how I answer them doesn't just affect me. And finally, um, you know, the last thing I have to ask myself is, Do I want, do I really want a meaningful life? Am I willing to put in the work to have a meaningful life? Because creating meaning is a conscious process with intention. And if I'm not making conscious decisions, then there's no way that I can lead a meaningful life. Well, clearly I have a lot of things to think about now. Um, hopefully, hopefully I've uh, inspired a few things for you to think about as well. And of course, as always, guys, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And I don't know you, but I love you. <laughs>